0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles a wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills.
4: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss the Bills victory today over the Miami Dolphins 56 to 26 in Buffalo. And to we, we are, we have the number two seed right now. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our plays of the game. Our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our followers on Twitter. We also have a couple of signed Bills jerseys for our podcast giveaway. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do that too. And we'll also give you a quick rundown of the Bills versus the Colts next week and discuss that matchup. But first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike and fellas going into this game. The Bills had a chance to get the number two seed in the playoffs. And we were kind of wondering how long the starters like. Allen and Diggs etc were going to play in this game if at all and I was always of the opinion that I'd rather rest the starters and have them play and potentially get hurt just because I feel like I'm more risk averse with certain things in my life including the Buffalo Bills my sports team and it was a scary first quarter so with some potential injuries to Taron Johnson uh Matt Milano because Taron Johnson tried to tackle Matt Milano and uh there was a there was a call, close call with Stefan Diggs and I'm like oh no the offense wasn't clicking you know at all early and it felt like Allen was taking way too many hits but the Bills stuck with it they got up 28-6 before halftime and essentially beat the Dolphins by that point they put a lot of their depth offensively and defensively on the field after the first half and they had a lot of their second-string players playing. And the Bills the Bills, still looked pretty darn good overall against the Dolphins' first-teamers. I mean, what makes it even better is this was a game the Dolphins had to have in order for them to make the playoffs. But the Bills not only took the second seed in the AFC today, but they snob bubbled the Dolphins and took away the playoffs from them. Which makes it, in my opinion, just so much sweeter in today's victory. So it was a message to the Dolphins, it was a message to the rest of the AFC, and frankly the rest of the NFL, in that there are teams that you do not want to face in the postseason. And we are that team. It's almost like that Walter White quote.
2: I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks.
4: So basically, you know how there are certain teams that we've been looking at who we don't want to play in the first round of the playoffs. Well, I'm sure almost every team in the AFC doesn't want to play Buffalo at any point in the playoffs based on how the last few weeks have gone based on how good the bills are playing to end the season. And I'm feeling really good, so much better this season than I did last season. So John, I'll start it off with you. I mean, what'd you think about today's win and what it could mean in the playoffs?
1: Well, today was great. First of all, very happy, especially against the dolphins. I hate the dolphins. Everybody knows that. Um, Statement game, like you said, um, you know, even the backups getting the extra reps and, and playing well and, and boosting their confidence as well. 6-0 and oh in the division. Swept the division. Third time, they've gone 13-3 and three in their history. The other two times being in 1990 and 1991, the first two Super Bowl teams. I mean, it is just like all, all the single season records, Allen, Diggs, Bass, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Um, digs six all-time receptions in a season for the NFL. That's crazy. Um, not bad for somebody who, you know, oh, he's not going to be happy in Buffalo, you know, that whole thing. Um, and you're, you're absolutely right. The, the Bills are the team that should be feared going into the playoffs. And, you know, it, it was funny earlier today. It's like, okay, do we want the Dolphins, the Colts, or the Titans and this and that? And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're, I'm confident that we can be at any of those teams.
4: Yeah. What about you, Mike? What do you think about that?
3: It was a great game, a fun win. The Dolphins were no joke coming in. They were a legit 10 and 5 team, I thought. Um, so for the Bills to have the ability to host the first playoff game in 24 years, it's just exciting time to be a Bills fan.
4: Yeah, I mean Josh Allen looked great today. I mean, minus the first few drives. The first drive ended in an interception, the next two in punts, and you're just like, "Okay, well, this isn't this isn't ideally how you want the game to start." Um, you know, maybe he shouldn't have played at all. He should have just, you know, sat today and then, you know, he lit it up. He went 18 for 25 in the first half, 224 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. And he kind of, you know, he he made his case that he should be considered You know, for the MVP, he beat Drew Bledsoe's single-season career passing yardage record today that was set in 2002. Like it's been a long time, finally been broken. Um, That was important, I know, to uh, to the team and Josh Allen. So he did that, and and I thought he looked against one of the supposedly one of the best secondaries in the NFL. I mean, after those first few drives, he just carved him up and he didn't look back. And if you know, he had stayed in. In the game, I mean, you're talking probably a 400-yard game by by Josh Allen. He just looked unbelievable. I, I think he needs to be in that case. Isaiah McKenzie had a great game, um, three touchdowns overall. Um, you know, in, in a game where uh, they they really haven't used Isaiah McKenzie a ton all season um, in the passing game, and uh, we haven't really seen him return any punts. That was always Andre Roberts' thing. Uh, it, it, he's he looked great today. Um, were you guys curious i haven't really watched Tua a whole lot this season and i was i was curious at least to see how he was going to look in general and then how he was going to look against our our secondary even minus Tradavius white who was healthy and active today and minus uh you know uh, jerry hughes and mario edison our top two pass rushers being healthy scratches too uh, i was curious how he was going to see and i i mean he was touted as going to be you know the most amazing quarterback and I know he's a rookie and he didn't start for a while um, while Fitzpatrick was was starting um, but I, I mean as of now I am not really I'm not scared at all of Tua and what he brings there was nothing I mean we we were so used to watching Josh Allen week in and week out there was not a hint of Josh Allen into I mean he made a, a few good throws but um, I mean still a rookie I was not. I did not come away scared about Tua in the future any more than I would have been scared about Ryan Tannehill in the Ryan Tannehill years. What did you guys think about Tua's performance today?
1: No, I agree with you. He's been relatively efficient, but the announcer said it like he can't push the ball down the field. Um, you know, I, I think I saw somebody even tweet out something about comp- comparing him to Trent Edwards, right? Um, so no, I'm not. I'm not scared.
4: Yeah, you always wonder with those guys from Alabama. These teams that have these amazing offenses around them, like, you know, uh, amazing wide receivers, amazing offensive line, like is it really that they're that good? Or is it the whole team around them? Like, cause you look at Josh Allen coming from Wyoming, he's amazing. <laughs> you know, and he didn't he did not have the offensive line that two ahead in college. He did not have the wide receiving core, the tight ends, the two ahead, the running backs. Um, you know, you always wonder if that's really the reason why they're that good or if they truly are. Just that good of a quarterback in in, and, and you know Brian Dable knows him best, so maybe he gave some hints to uh, Leslie Frazier on how they could beat Tua. I don't know, Mike. What do you think I, about don't
3: think? I don't. It's just way too soon. I think if you ask Miami fans if they feared Allen in his rookie year, the answer would be a resounding no, right? Like the just the temporal proximity of these two players is just like so. It's a golf, right? Like yeah you got to ask in two, three years, maybe Tua's is carving up the AFC. Like who knows, but like in present day, I would much rather face Tua than Fitzpatrick. Just, it seems like Fitzpatrick for his faults, he can, t- he certainly turns the ball over, but he can catch lightning in a bottle and it would just be, it'd be a heartbreaking way to exit the playoffs. If the bills played the dolphins and Fitzpatrick got hot, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I agree with John. I don't fear the dolphins. I don't, I guess hate the dolphin. Like if, for me, I if I had to pick another AFC East opponent to to do well, I think the Dolphins for me much more than the Patriots or the Jets. Like I don't bear them the ill will, but um, uh, this, I don't uh, fear Tua at all currently. But sure. that could that could that change.
4: Could change. It. This this is going to help, I think, the rivalry between the Bills and actually another team for once, other than all of us trying to you know uh, take off the Patriots. This is this is starting a rivalry where the Bills knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs. They're not gonna forget that next season when they play the Bills. And it looks like something that could be I don't know, it just seems really fun. I mean, offensively, the Bills had Josh Allen, speaking of Josh Allen versus Tua, Josh Allen had seven passing touchdowns this season against the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins only allowed twenty passing touchdowns all season. So seven of those came at the hands of Josh Allen, which that's how good that was of a from game. that right? <laughs> from- <laughs> impressive yes from <laughs> good old matt barkley um so I, I i like that idea of starting that rivalry again because i i mean we grew up i at least you said mike you don't hate the dolphins i grew up hating the dolphins and it's fun to think that they we're actually competing with another team for once instead of all just fighting for the scraps from the new england patriots
3: well it might be a geography thing too right like i just feel like jets fans there's more of them, and they're more annoying. And the Patriots it's just—they've been so good for so long. Like, if you had to pick another AFC East team to succeed, I would have it be the Dolphins. But yeah, when you play them, you want to destroy them, of course.
4: I was hoping it would be the Jets, where they would extend Adam Gase another season. <laughs> Instead of, uh, we're just finding out that you know, it's—it looks like he's going to be fired. Which, which I, I don't think anyone would have questioned that call. Being, I'm surprised it wasn't done sooner. But I mean, everyone thought he would be fired um did you (laughs) so it was i I guess it was just it was cool watching the game um and it's cool to see the bills being one of i mean here's an interesting stat we were going to go into stats of the game a little bit later but um the bills offense the last three games they've had 47.3 points per game 357 passing yards per game 488 total yards per game and a plus eighty eight point differential in the last three games, and you're talking about obviously the Dolphins today. You know, a very good Dolphins team, playoff caliber Dolphins team, although they're not going to the playoffs. You're talking about the New England Patriots last week and the Denver Broncos the week before. So, I mean, th- that that's the kind of margin where.
3: Um, I mean, are just, they are they really a playoff caliber team if they're not in the playoffs? <laughs> they're
4: they're they're Honestly. almost there. They're they're on that they're on that tier. <laughs> In the hunt.
3: Oh, he's a Hall of Famer, but he he's not in the Hall of Fame.
4: <laughs> hall of Fame caliber, but not quite there yet.
1: <laughs> can can we really say that the NFC East team that wins the division is truly playoff caliber? I mean, it could be a 6-10 and 10 team that, that makes the playoffs.
4: Yeah. So compared to that, the Dolphins are absolutely playoff caliber. Thank you, John. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, as far as... Uh, where was I going to say? Look, the the good
3: thing is they're, they're cresting, right? Um, t- today's victory, they, they have the second most points in team history, so that's what you like to see going into the playoffs for sure.
4: Yeah, especially with you know only their starters playing the first half on offense. <laughs> I guess it's not like the Dolphins were taking their starters off on defense at the second half. Are you guys so now he's going into playoffs? Are you guys gonna grow a playoff beard, Mike? You're usually clean shaven. John, you already got a beard growing. Are you gonna grow a playoff beard? You got to grow it till. The Bills lose or they win the Super Bowl and then go from there. No trimming. If you already have a beard, no trimming, no shaving off. You know. What do you think? I will not. <laughs> so, wh- why not? Here's a chance to just uh, you're not you're not going into work, you don't have to see anyone. Just just grow your beard, man.
3: John? <laughs> no,
1: I, I just trimmed it way back. It was already really long. I'm not gonna grow it back out again just for that maybe uh, if i if i you told me that beforehand maybe
4: i'm telling you right now there's no beforehand this is when the playoffs start as of today after the game the playoffs are starting now so now you can grow it out and let it uh let it get as long as you want
3: like the point is like unity though right so it'd have to be like uh all bills fans or something like
4: lots of bills fans are doing it. i ran a poll on twitter and like 90 of bills fans would do it if they could
3: so it's until they win the super bowl is
1: that what it is
4: yes so we not- <laughs>
1: get
4: knocked out. Or get knocked out.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's that's not a big deal.
4: No, it's not. That's why you should do it. That's why Mike shouldn't be such a wimp it's, about it.
1: it. Super Bowl, we all get tattoos.
4: Ooh, that might be the one thing I decide to ever get a tattoo of. The Bills, uh of course, with my luck, I would get the tattoo and they change the logo the next year, so it'd be like an out-of-date tattoo. <laughs> it wouldn't be the charging buffalo anymore. I was, yeah, we're doing this now. Okay, so no playoff beards for you guys. I'm definitely growing, off, growing out a playoff beard, which isn't that big of a deal because luckily I, uh, I don't have to see anyone at work because I'm working from home right now. So I can let it get as shaggy as I want. So um, let's go into our stats of the game. Stats of the game. They've done
1: studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works Every time. That doesn't make sense.
2: So you're telling me there's a chance.
1: Oh, people
4: can come up with statistics to prove anything, can't. 40% of all people know that. Real quickly, I'm just going to gloss over this because none of these stats really matter today in the... In the grand scheme of things, Josh Allen, 18 for 25, 224 yards, three touchdowns. one. And you should point
3: out that you already have a beard.
4: (laughs) I do already have a beard. It's all
3: very (laughs) self-serving.
4: Yeah, but now I don't have to shave it, so it works out perfect. It is extremely self-serving. Josh Allen, 18 for 25, 224 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Matt Barkley, 6 for 13, 164 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Antonio Williams, Bill's leading running back. 12 carries, 63 yards, 2 touchdowns, 5.3 yards per carry. Good, great game from the undrafted free agent rookie running back. Zach Moss, 3 carries for 8 yards, 2.7 yards per carry. Devin Singletary, 3 carries for 7 yards, 2.3 yards per carry. Bills could really get nothing done on the ground besides Antonio Williams taking over in the second half with the backup offensive line, no no less. Uh, Bills' leading receiver was Gabriel Davis, 2 receptions on 5 targets. 107 yards and one touchdown. Stefan Diggs, seven receptions on eight targets for 76 yards. John Brown, four receptions on four targets for 72 yards, one touchdown on his first game back from IR. Isaiah McKenzie, six receptions on nine targets, 65 yards and two touchdowns. And then Dawson Knox and some other players. On the Dolphins side of the ball, we'll go through this quickly. Tua Tucker Viola 35 for 58 361 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. Man, when people made the biggest deal about Josh Allen not having a 300-yard passing game, it's like, "Oh, look what Tua did. He had 361 yards. Of course, it was all garbage time when the Bills were playing in a prevent defense, but whatever." Um, Salvid Ahmed is leading rusher for the Dolphins, six carries for 29 yards, one touchdown. yards per carry, Uh, two ahead a few rushes in. Miles Gaskin had a few rushes in. And leading receiver for the Miami Dolphins, Devontae Parker, seven receptions on 14 targets. Wow. That's a lot of targets. 116 yards, no touchdowns. Miles Gaskin, four receptions on five targets for 57 yards. And Mike Jasecki, five receptions on 10 targets for 47 yards. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers and our matchup discussion for the Bills versus the Colts. So stick around. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning.
2: As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
4: All right. Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike, and we're going to get into our sweet, sassy molasses plays of the game.
3: Sweet, sassy molasses. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rub down.
4: Sweet, sassy molasses plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. John, I'll start with you first. What was your sweet, sassy molasses play? In today's victory,
1: uh, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, McKenzie punt return. It was just an electrifying play, and the Dolphins were just—I think it just made them demoralize after that. And I just can't think of a better play.
4: Yeah, that's a good one. That was a—that was a—that was an amazing play. Uh, first uh, punter for, return for a touchdown since 2014, I believe they said. So, uh, Mike, what about you? Is that your sweetest?
3: Yeah, same. It's been 122 games. It felt like. Five hundred games. It was
4: great to finally see. And You were the one that was bringing this up last week on the podcast about how you hadn't seen a punt return for a touchdown or a kickoff return for a touchdown, and you didn't know how long you were looking at highlight reels of the human joystick and Dante Hall and Devin Hester, and you finally. Get, it's like they were listening to you. And uh, and what's even more impressive about the McKenzie punt return is that he, if you guys remember, at least a year or two ago, he before Andre Roberts got here, he had really struggled in punt catching, and he muffed a few punts against the Texans in a game in Josh Allen's rookie season, and uh, he just didn't look good. And today, I mean, he redeemed himself. I don't know if it's a matter of, you know, he uh, he could take over the job. I don't know. I don't want to look that far ahead, but it's good to see that we have a backup punt returner that's that electric and uh, and has the ability to do that if Andre Roberts can't.
3: The distance, too. I mean, he had all kinds of moves, stutter steps, stopping a dime. It was a thing of beauty. Yeah. And like John said, ele- electrified the bills and completely demoralized uh the dolphins.
4: Yeah, that was the uh the score that put them up 21 to 3 on the day. It was his third touchdown and he got that within the second quarter. Um unbelievable. I'm actually going to go with a different play although I love that play. I didn't notice this play until after the game where I looked on Twitter is in the second quarter Josh Allen had a touchdown pass to Isaiah McKenzie from the 14 yard line. To put the Bills up 14 to 3. And what I didn't notice at the time, because the CBS announcers didn't bring it up and I didn't see it closely in the replay, is that it was actually a Josh Allen no look touchdown pass to Isaiah McKenzie. He wasn't even looking in his direction. He was looking in the other side of the field and he passed it to him without looking to the right side. And Isaiah McKenzie wasn't just like streaking down the sidelines and it wasn't just like a vertical pass, you know, up the sidelines. It was a crossing pattern to which he, uh, he hit him in stride. And that was like, that was like MVP caliber. That was an MVP caliber pass. I mean, if that was, you know, Patrick Mahomes doing having that pass, I mean, you know, ESPN would be creaming their pants over it all day long tomorrow. So, um, that was cool to see Josh Allen just again puts him in the MVP conversation like it should. Um, I love that play looking back to, I will give an honorable mention to the Josh Norman taint. That he had in the third quarter. He ended up intercepting a Tua, uh, pass and the Bills were up 28 to 6. His taint brought it back to, uh, for a touchdown. So the Bills were up 35 to 6 and it was just unbelievable. It was a great looking taint. Another one, we, like I said, we hadn't seen one in a few years. We saw one a couple of weeks ago from Taron Johnson and now we saw one from Josh Norman. And, uh, you guys were tweeting at us saying how good of a, t- good of a taint it was, how, how quality of a taint it was. <laughs> And uh yeah. Honorable mention to that one.
3: It'd be cool if we could see one every week. That's the dream.
4: Oh, a taint every week? Imagine seeing two taints in one sitting. (laughs) Or as or as you say, Mike, a perineum if we could see. (laughs) (laughs) That's a menage taint. (laughs) Two in a sitting. (laughs) Two in a a menage taint. (laughs) Um Someone did tweet at us. I believe it was Emily that tweeted at us and said, Great taint, parentheses, perineum by I Josh like perineum. Yeah, yeah. perineum. You're a fan of uh, of uh, the perineum. <laughs> and, if you're, <laughs> and if you're wondering if we have a middle school sense of humor, uh, you'd be correct. I thought another honorable mention besides the taint was, um, you know why it's called the taint. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why it's called the taint. Can you explain it?
3: Because it taint your balls and it taint your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I did not. I thought you were going to say touchdown after interception. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> So that's not a medical term. The perineum is the medical term. I couldn't tell which one was which, which one was a slang and which one was the medical term. Thank you for clarifying. That. Um, I'm going to give the, uh, another honorable mention to the, it was, it was such an insignificant play for the game, but it was significant in the fact that, um, it ended up breaking uh, Drew Bledsoe's 2002 single-season passing record. It was just in the second quarter, there was a six-yard pass to Devin Singletary from Josh Allen that beat the record. And uh, honestly, I thought they were going to pull Josh Allen after that, and he ended up staying for the rest of the second quarter and he had an amazing game. So um shout-out to that as well. Sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Now let's get into our Gettysburg plays of the game. Four score and seven years
3: ago. Maybe there's a doctor out there who you could have on as a guest to like explain and talk up the perineum.
4: <laughs> talk it up like. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, the advantages, the functions.
4: <laughs> Why it's important. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love to hear more about um, the perineum and then we could ask him, did you know it? it's also called a taint and did you know a taint is also a pick six? Did you? And he'd be like, why am I on this podcast? <laughs> why did you ask me to come on? I just lie to him and say, like, this is a medical podcast. This is a, a know your body. <laughs> Apparently only if you're male, but a know your body <laughs> uh, podcast. I'm sure oh, we have... no.
3: it's It's for both genders.
4: Oh, okay. I oh, yeah. did not know that. Thank you for telling it's me. You should be...
3: for like childbirth and everything. Yeah.
4: Oh, my goodness. I'm learning from you. You should be the keynote speaker. <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. I'm sure we have podcast listeners that are, uh, doctors. Medical doctors. Medical yeah. Doctors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would like to, uh, discuss us. Let me know. Maybe you come in in the off season. Um, Gettysburg play of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Guys, was there a turning, was there a play that turned the tides in today's win? Is there one that was like the Gettysburg play, like the Gettysburg of the civil war, it was a play of the game for you. Mike, what is your Gettysburg play of the game in today's victory?
3: Nate, for me, it came in the first quarter. The Dolphins were up 3-0, to zero, but Bohorquez, we can't say enough about the Bills special teams. He had the coffin corner kick. It was a 69-yarder that went inside the one-yard line. And we talk every week, right, how we want to see the special teams step up, the punt returns, the the, the punter gets some. Down inside the twenty, and today we saw it. So the Dolphins would go three and out after that punt, which led to the Bills' first touchdown to McKenzie to make it seven three, and the Bills never looked back from there.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, John. What about you? Do you have one, or is that yours? Yeah, it's hard to
1: argue with that. I, I can't think of a better one than that one.
4: Corbin Horquez is, is is just turning into you know so. Uh, so many times we just kind of peg these players as like, ah, uh, you know they might get slightly better. Or this is this is their ceiling. What you see them as now, you forget that the Bills coaching staff is so good that they can actually get the best out of players that aren't playing at a at an average or above average role and take them to the levels. Like just Corey Bohorquez is a perfect example of that. He's been doing unbelievably the last few games and perfect timing for the playoffs. Um and right after that, Dane Jackson, it was the three and out, like you mentioned, John. Dane Jackson almost gets a safety on that tackle. Dane Jackson, I thought, had a pretty decent game today. Um, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, that's a good one. I'm gonna use I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna use that one too. Um the Gaysburg plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Now let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh Wall of Fame in today's game wall John, I'll start with you. Who are you going to put on your wall of fame in today's victory?
1: I think McKenzie had a heck of a game. 181 all purpose yards,
3: three touchdowns. I'm give it to him.
4: Yeah, he had an unbelievable game. I can't disagree. Yeah, neither can I. It's it's got to be Isaiah McKenzie. Just unbelievable game by the and he did it all in the first half. He did it all, most just about all of it in the first half. Um I want to give a shout-out, though, to Dean Marlowe, who had two interceptions today in a backup role. Almost had three interceptions today. His first interception, actually, of his career came today, and then he had another one on top of that. Almost had a third. Um, also, a shout-out to Antonio Williams, the undrafted rookie free agent. Um, If you remember, we talked about him in the preseason because he was the guy that got cut and signed, like, about 12 different times. Uh, He reminded me of that that scene from the office
0: when you said that you might want to have kids and i wasn't so sure who had the vasectomy reversed and then when you said you definitely didn't want to have kids who had it reversed back snip snap snip snap snip snap you have no idea the physical toll the three vasectomies have on a person
4: and that was basically antonio williams's uh, beginning of his career as a buffalo bill but there's a reason why they kept bringing him back he looked um great he was definitely the best running back on the field today um even with the backup offensive line And then also, if you think about it, I mean, the Bills won't have T.J. Yeldon next year because he's on an expiring contract. So I was always thinking it was going to be Christian Wade as the Bills' third running back. They've obviously been keeping him on the practice squad for two seasons in the international pathway program for a reason. But now I'm starting to really think that Antonio Williams is going to take over that running back three role next season. Obviously not a huge, super important role, but um, you got to be excited about what you've seen from him um, just in today's game so far and what the bills can hope to see from them um, in the future so let's go into our wall of shame in today's victory shame 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 wall of shame I'm just gonna go first I have no one um I thought this game was dominant from the front to back um even the second teamers look good how do you how do you criticize this game at all i I, I find it I think I think the, the Bills sat so many players that I think Brian Dable even sat himself in the second half and he let like Ken Dorsey call the plays, the quarterback's coach, like just let him call the plays because it's like, ah, you know, let's let's see how you do coaching just in case uh you know, I don't come back next season or anything. Um I, I don't have a wall of shame for today's for today's win. Um what about you, John? Yeah. No, Mike, you go first, sorry.
3: Nate, to me, the only thing that stuck out when the game was still in question on the Bills' first drive when Allen threw the interception, I thought it was fairly obvious. Um, There was a, a bang, bang, very close play, and I wish they could have got up to the line a little bit faster to save the pick from going to... Well, you guys alluded to it um with the MVP still, oh, I guess, under consideration, still to be voted for. Um I didn't like seeing him get the interception. It didn't matter in the long term, but in a close game, close game against the Chiefs, something like that, it,
4: it could have been the difference. That's a good one, John. What about you? I have no
3: wall
1: shamers.
4: <laughs> nice.
1: I do. I do want to just mention, like, I, I do think Knox's in, inconsistency can be frustrating at times. Um, obviously, it wasn't a factor in this game, but like, he'll make an amazing catch or truck somebody, and then he'll. He'll drop a couple easy, like, I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. but other than that,
4: yeah, we really need him to hit his stride this postseason. (laughs) You know, the Bills starting. And of course, you know, uh, Tyler Croft wasn't inactive today for COVID-19 and, uh, it turns out he didn't have it, but he was in close contact with someone that had it anyway. Um, so we'll see if they, if they activate Tyler Croft in next week's game against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Oh, I forgot to read some of the uh, some of the Gettysburg plays of the game in today's win. Um, brought to you on Twitter, I put a tweet up, and uh, Michael Taylor writes a Gettysburg play of the game. Getting off the bus, <laughs> Rob S writes Josh Norman taint after Miami opened a second half with a touchdown. You had to wonder if the backups could hold on to the lead. The Norman taint got momentum back, and the Bills rolled. Jaden Wolfright wrote for the. Gettysburg play of the game, the interception by Josh lit a fire under him. Threw all over them after that. Bill's God writes this is interesting. He writes, "We really shouldn't have a Gettysburg play of the game for blowouts." Gettysburg was a turning point and morale boost that changed the direction of the war. We didn't need either. Wow. Okay. All right. We'll just you know crap all over the format of our show. Why don't you? Well,
3: you. The Gettysburg plays we picked was when it was still in doubt, right? Like. At the end of the game, you could say, oh, the end of the game equates to 50 years after the Civil War. Well, of course.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. So it's still relevant what you guys said. All right.
3: Like, <laughs> we, the Bills were behind. If, if we're taking the punt is the Gettysburg play of the game, the Bills were losing 3 0.
4: Yeah, true. They had to come back at some point. So nice. Um, we're going to go, I'm going to read some tweets. So after every game, if you're not following us on Twitter, please do. We are at CTW Pod, like circling the wagons pod. Um, After every game, I write, who is on your wall of fame or wall of shame in today's win or loss? And you guys never seem to disappoint. Well, mostly. (laughs) Rob S. writes, wall of fame, McKenzie, Antonio Williams, and the secondary. Great to see all around. Wall of shame, the offensive coaching, the starters were in too long and called too many pass plays with Barkley in. Now, I think John alluded to this, but I think having Barkley throw as many pass plays as possible, was a good thing. Right, John? Didn't you see that as a good thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want to get all these backups, as many reps as you can. If I mean, God forbid Allen goes down or any of these guys go down. You want, I mean, he's got a solid half a game throwing the ball over the field under his belt as opposed to just handing it off every play.
4: Yeah, exactly. The more reps, the better. That's abs- I agree with that That logic 100%. So I think that's why they did that. Christopher Oligret writes, Wall of Fame, McKenzie, Wall of Shame, can't even point to one. Everyone played well. Even our practice squad players. Let's go, Buffalo. Hey, shout out. Speaking of practice squad players, shout out to friend of the podcast, Mike Love, who's been on the podcast, I want to say three times, three or four times. And he had that amazing uh, six or seven yard tackle for a loss while the Dolphins were driving in Bill's territory. So that was obviously great to see by Mike. Big R writes, Wall of Fame, McKenzie, Allen, Bajorquez, Defense, and Antonio Williams. <laughs> Frankly, the whole team deserves props for squishing the fish to smithereens in their must-win game. Finns got embarrassed. Wall of Shame, everyone's saying Flores should be coach of the year over McDermott. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. McDermott put that to rest today. Gettysburg play of the game. He has a punt return touchdown, which Mike and John mentioned earlier. Wall, of- Mark writes, Wall of Fame, no major injuries. Wall of Shame, lack of physical bubbles for each starter to sit and social distance in. Yeah, yeah, we we should talk about that real quick. That's one of my biggest fears, and I almost don't want to say it out loud because I don't want it to come to fruition somehow through the cosmos by me even putting it out there in space. But uh, COVID is the only is one of my biggest worries, especially like Mark mentioned, no major injuries today, thank God. Um, A COVID. Outbreak or something could happen, and that would be absolutely devastating. Um, I know that uh, earlier today, uh, Lexi Croft, which is Tyler Croft's wife, t- tweeted something out about her. Hold on, let me find that real quick. She's talking about Tyler getting uh, placed on the COVID list. Missing two games for something we don't have is beyond ridiculous. This is now the second time we've been put on the COVID list and don't have COVID. After being pulled out of a game for giving. For giving a five-minute ride to a teammate with masks on, we've been beyond vigilant to protect ourselves and our newborn daughter. Before getting ruled out and, and releasing a false positive test to the world, can we actually review the now five negative tests, including PCR that immediately followed before the decision was made? So something like that scares me when she writes that because you always assume that the COVID list like, yeah, you know, it's for people that have it and people in close distance, not for somebody that just happens to give someone a ride for a few mi- minutes, even with masks on. Um, it's scary. It's scary to think that that could happen to like a Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs or someone that important. You're just hoping that they put the right uh, measures in place that, that, that we don't have to worry about that. Does that scare you guys at all? <laughs> or is it just me?
1: Yeah. I mean, you'd hate to lose somebody for a game to be put on that list that shouldn't have been. Um, but you also, I mean, you can understand why to be super cautious about it. It's just a bad situation all around, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I just hope it doesn't happen to somebody that's not like the backup tight end at this point.
3: I agree with John, though. It's better to be safe than sorry in a situation like that. I can understand her frustration, but and having what do you what do you
4: want? <laughs> having five negatives after the the fact, though. I mean, how many more? It was a false positive, and then they had five negative tests after. I mean, that sounds like sounds like he should have been able to play. I mean, how many negatives do you need within a certain... I mean, I don't know. Yeah, obviously you don't want people with COVID playing, but that's a fear of mine going into the. So I'm going to stop talking about it. I don't want to worry Bill's fans, uh, people listening to this.
1: He, you mentioned backup tight end. Should he be starting?
4: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I think in my opinion, I mean, you were talking about the inconsistency of Dawson Knox. He hasn't gotten uh, remarkably better. He did have that one good catch uh this afternoon it was a leaping grab um i think he's still missing blocks at least from what i've seen and remember last year in that playoff game against the texans he was one of the reasons why there was like a rollout it was like a sweep play it was a designed run for allen and he was running to the right and there was like four blockers in front of him and you're like oh he's gonna get the first down and all of a sudden he gets leveled by this linebacker coming out of nowhere because dawson knocks whiffs on a block so, I don't know if I can trust him catching the ball or blocking at this point. I want Tyler Crofton. What do you think, John? Is that kind of how you feel when you say that? When you ask that question?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can still give Knox opportunities and you know, get into more reps and things. But, like, I, I think at this point, Croft is the better all around tight end.
4: Yeah, 100%. Dave Thorpe writes in Wall of Fame has to be McKenzie. What a day. All the backups had themselves a day, to be fair. Great performances. Norman with a taint. <laughs> That's, I love that you guys are, are rolling with taints. You guys, you guys love a good taint. We love a good taint. Um, uh, with two interceptions. Williams with two touchdowns. We even stopped a two point conversion. Thank you, Dave. We forgot to mention that. We actually stopped a two point conversion. Just barely though. Devontae Parker almost had that first foot in. <laughs> but yeah, started, stopped a t- two point conversion with our backups, which is even, which is even a bigger feat for us, Dave. Dave also writes wall of shame. Uh, we didn't get the thirteenth receiver record. Dable is gone next year. Yes, we were. Meant, we were talking about that before the podcast. The fact that um, Dable is most likely gone this year because of, but if you are going to stop a coordinator from taking another job, one of the ways to to kind of like quote unquote block them from from getting you know hitching out with another team is to go as far as possible and into the Super Bowl, because there will be teams that. You know, obviously, there, there's going to be a lot of coaches fired within the next few days, and um, if you bounce, if you get bounced in the first round, well, then obviously these guys can can interview freely or whatever, uh, and they can interview while they're still in the playoffs. But it makes it a little bit tougher. Um, usually, these guys don't say that they're going to become a new head coach of a, of a new team while they're still in the playoffs and while they're still in the Super Bowl hunt. If the Bills can make it to the Super Bowl, to that game. That's like three or four weeks that a team would have to wait just to either interview or to hire Brian Dable as their head coach, or even Leslie Frazier for that matter. Um, so I think that the best way the Bills can keep Dable is to uh, is to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's easy. That's all. Just that. I don't
3: agree that he's necessarily gone. Sometimes people are happy. Like maybe he sees the Bills can. It's the start of something great. They can string together a couple, dare I say, Super Bowl victories like. You've seen how it's worked out for assistance under Belichick and maybe he gets paid great money. He's from Buffalo. Like, I don't know. Not, not everybody. Um, if the perfect situation isn't available, he could certainly take his time. I think the, the bills with the players, the personnel, the regime,
4: um, they're on the ascendancy. So let's say that. First of all, money money has to be the greatest factor in all this, right? Brian Dable is making, uh, well, he was making one point two million dollars in Alabama. I imagine he's making around that or more as the Bills' uh, offensive coordinator. But I mean, you figure coaches make roughly at least five to six million dollars a year. You know, John Gruden had that ten million dollar a year deal. So I'm sure all new coaches are roughly looking around that. There's a potential that Brian Dable could be making seven, $8 million a year. Would you ever just stay where you are when your name will never be hotter than it is right now or could potentially not be hotter than it is right now and stay where you are as opposed to taking like a three or four times a year pay increase? <laughs> I mean, I think that's the goal for everyone and this is your best chance. And I, he left Alabama. He was with Alabama for one year. They won the national championship. Then he left there to go to the NFL. So I would think that this guy is somewhat, uh, some somewhat of a, of a larger thought process in mind of where he wants to be. And I don't know if that's necessarily offensive. Never been
3: coordinator. A head coach, though.
4: True. Like you
3: could have gotten maybe not necessarily NFL, right? But he definitely could have gotten a head coaching job from the offensive coordinator at Alabama.
4: You think so? Yeah
3: different college program
4: Ah. for sure oh another college program true true but i bet you he wanted to go that was his only season i believe in college football after he left the patriots so i think he always wanted to move up because he was a tight ends coach in new england then he was able to be an offensive coordinator you're right maybe that's a ceiling i don't think it is but um i think if i had the chance to make five times what i'm making now for you know more responsibility i would do it
3: i think there's a declining marginal utility of money right like certainly more is better but If you, if you really like the environment that you're in, and by all accounts, he gets along great with Allen McDermott, like, and you think you can build something, why not stay a couple years? Like the Jets, nobody's worried about the Jets, right? Awesome that they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. We're not worried about the Dolphins and the Patriots don't have a quarterback. Like they're set up to do really well in the AFC East and foregoing a couple mil when you're making million. Like he could still easily get a big payday, like, right? Like a raise.
4: Mm-hmm. true and I'm sure he will if he doesn't get another job they will give him a huge pay raise true John what do you think I,
1: I, I think the ultimate goal is NFL head coach right like that's that's the biggest thing you can get that's that's what all these guys are working for that are in this position you know whether he can do it or not I mean you don't know until he does it it might depend on the team he go, ends up on it might not be this year but it will probably be at some point um the way things are going um and if, if, and when it happens, you know, that's, that's fine. I trust being in McDermott to like, you know, continue the process and, and, you know, either promote or hire somebody and, and just continue it. Um, I hope Dable stays, but I don't think that's uh, realistically a long-term
4: option. I mean, this is the situation where you want to be in as a, as an organization where we haven't been in for years because nobody ever cares about the bills coordinators. Usually. The Bills coordinators usually never get hired for head coaching gigs because the Bills usually aren't that good. So this is a good position. We're not used to this position. And it's crazy to think that um, at least one, if not two of our coordinators could potentially be gone after this. Um, like John said, I think the the goal is always to become a head coach. So I'd be surprised if he turned down an opportunity. I could see uh, reasons why Mike said, I don't think that'll happen though. I think I think there's very few coordinators that are amazing that ever stay coordinators i can't think of many that don't at least try their hands in head coaching either at the uh, collegiate level or the professional level
1: and and sometimes it doesn't work out and they go back to being a coordinator somewhere else or something right
4: yeah like leslie frazier yeah jason statham writes wall of fame McKenzie, dude totally balled out that first half. Wall of Shame, don't have one. It was just enjoyable to see the whole team playing with confidence. In Gettysburg, that punt return touchdown, it stamped our authority on the game. I don't care who we play in the playoffs, Bill's Rule. (laughs) It's funny he said Bill's Rule. I kind of remember, other team drools. Um, (laughs) Mike Taylor writes, Wall of Fame, Antonio Williams. He does not want to go back to the practice squad. Wall of Shame, not breaking 60 points. We had the chance. (laughs) Matt Robinson writes, Wall of Fame, Isaiah McKenzie for kicking ass and chewing gum, but being all out of gum. (laughs) Wall of Shame, Sean McDermott for giving me a heart attack every time he sent Josh Allen back out on the field. Yeah, you and me both, Matt. Private Joker 2003 writes, Wall of Fame, Isaiah McKenzie looking like the reincarnation of Devin Hester. Wall of Shame, Paranoid content creators suggesting that the Bills should treat this like a preseason game when seeding was at stake. I did think it odd when they pulled some starters, but not Josh Allen or Diggs. Uh, interesting about Bills content creators. I kind of agree with <laughs> being being a Bills content creator. I kind of agreed with sitting out people. My my whole thought was,
3: uh, I think that was a directly a dig at you.
4: Oh, not not directly to me. Um, private joker 2003 i hope not but no (laughs) it could have been (laughs) what
3: yeah i think it was oh well then
4: um he's like quote unquote veiled i I would say it wasn't even veiled then if that's the if that's the case (laughs) i hope
1: it makes him feel any better i disagreed with nate on the grounds of the number two seed so
4: yeah yeah so one-third of us, maybe even two-thirds, if Mike agrees with uh, playing the guys, um, I, I still think they should have played. I just didn't want them to play that long. I just didn't want them to play long enough to... I d- having Stephon Diggs injured s- screws up your total post, your, all your postseason, your Super Bowl run and everything. You know, having him a little rusty because he missed a game, or in this case, missed just a half of football, um, I'm okay with. Especially in the first round, which is the first round. I mean, the Chiefs get an entire bye this week. They get... They get off this week because they didn't play their starters and they get off next week. So they're going to be two. Do you think they're going to lose just because they didn't play for two weeks? No, they're, their players I, are rested I up.
1: That, I don't think that helps them at all. I think the Chiefs are at great risk of losing that first week, especially because they haven't been playing all that well in recent weeks.
4: That's true. But the Bills have been. The Bills are hot going into this game. Anyway, it And is- they
1: continue to be hot today. Yeah. And they won the number two seed and they would have anyway, but like that Browns game was pretty close. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah. So B Mormon twenty twenty writes Wall of Fame. Bojo is of particular note, but really everyone. Uh Wall of Shame. Imagine that coming from a Punter's uh Twitter pro pro or uh Twitter uh profile name. Wall of Shame announcing announcers defending Tua to the death. Parker fell on that route in that pick six. <laughs> that's so funny. Henry Booth wrote, Wall of Fame, our team putting up 56 points against a tough defense and knocking a 10 win team to the turf. Wall of Shame, nothing. 13 and 3 is awesome. Go Bills. Technically, it should have been 14 and 2, but we're, yeah, 13 and 3 feels really good. Jaden Wolfright, Wall of Fame, Dean Marlowe, Antonio Williams, and yes, I said it, Matt freaking Barkley. <laughs> I'll go that far, but he had a decent game. Wall of Shame, the alleged number one defense in the league. Absolutely. Turning them upside down. Andrew Grunick writes, Gnainick, writes? Wall of Fame, McKenzie, Antonio Williams, all the participating QBs, Tua included, and McDermott. He writes, he has a he has a laughing emoji. And McDermott, I like the idea of keeping the stars in for at least a half. Wall of Shame, I guess Josh Norman, but then again, he did have a taint. Yes, he did. Obviously now everyone's gonna say I like the idea of keeping the stars in for at least a half, because they look great. I'm a huge fan now, too. Richard W. Griswold writes, Wall of Fame, the 2020 Buffalo Bills, 13-3, 6-0 versus the AFC East in no particular order. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier. And he, re- he goes through basically the entire team, including uh, Tyler Bass. Wall of Shame, the Doubters, the Insulters, the Browbeaters, the Dismissers, and Jesters, and Belichick. All right, I'm just going to read a couple more because we want to get on to the matchup between the Bills and The Colts, M writes I'm going to give credit to M because she she, uh, tweeted us about the perineum. Wall of shame, Billy Buffalo dances are terrible. This is from my dad. (laughs) Wall of fame, McKenzie, obviously, and pretty much everyone else. Yay, Barkley, for his best performance. This game makes me feel ecstatic and empowered. I can't believe we're going into the playoffs with a strong and intimidating team. And I also mentioned um, in this Twitter thread, uh, how does it feel how confident are you going into uh, next week's game against the Colts? Rob Galeese writes, I don't know how to feel. My team is really, really good, and I am not comfortable being in this position. Jaden Wolf writes, how confident am I? How confident am I? Bring on the Chiefs tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> look at that. The Bills God writes, see this gif, and it's a gif of Ron Swanson saying, Say, just saying that gave me a semi. <laughs> Dave Thorpe, right? It feels awesome. We're awesome. Far exceeded preseason expectations for the regular season. Super confident on this form. AFC championship is now the minimum. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Jeez. By the way, we did in our preseason predictions when the schedule came out, we had the Bills going 12 and 4. So this wasn't crazy. This did not. Actually, we had 13 and 3. Then because Mike says, or John says 16 and 0 every year, Mike and I had 13 and 3 for one that was like a. We weren't sure where to go, and then we're like, ah, we'll go 12 and 4. So, actually, if you listen to this podcast, we had them uh, going almost this record. Edgar Donnybrook writes The fact that our second stringers played like that against Tua, who is apparently the second coming, I'm sitting at about nine tenths, nine out of 10 on the confidence scale. Buffalo Ceilings writes, Bring it. Rob Zach writes, This is our year. I truly believe this team can beat anyone. Absolutely. Andrew Naik writes at the time of this recording it's either the Colts or the Dolphins if I'm not mistaken, uber uber confident Mike Graham writes I feel amazing about the Bills I think we are the only team in the AFC that can dethrone the Chiefs let's go Bills we might not even have to dethrone the Chiefs depending since the, the Chiefs are the first seed and the Bills are the second seed the only time the Bills would play the Chiefs is in the championship game if the Chiefs make it to the championship game and if we make it to the championship game Mike Graham writes, I feel amazing about the Bills. I think we are the only team in the AFC that can dethrone the Chiefs. Let's go, Bills. And then this is interesting, guys. So let's get in right into um, the jump off about the Bills discussion, about uh, Bills-Colts uh, discussion, this part of the podcast. By the way, uh, Wall of Famers and Wall of Chambers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Now, this tweet by Sawyer, says he's nervous against run-heavy offenses. Now, if you look at how the Indianapolis Colts uh, fare statistically, I'll give you some of their stats and how they look as far as where they place the season. So, uh, offensively, they are the 8th best passing offense when it comes to yardage. They are the 16th best running offense when it comes to yardage. Now, on the defense... Now, now, the reason why I bring this up first is because Sawyer writes, "I'm worried about run run heavy offenses." But if you think about it, what I'm more worried about, and I don't know about you guys, but when I look at a team that scares me in the postseason, it's a team that has a really good pass defense. Now, the Bills have done well recently and in the past against good pass defenses, but that scares me more than a team that can run the ball really well because. With the way our passing offenses go, and I listed the stats earlier about 47.3 points per game in the last three games, if the Bills can pass the ball like they have been, I'm not worried about a run offense because although you can control the clock, the Bills could be up by two scores before you know it, and that team has to abandon their game plan of running the ball. So even if you were talking about the Tennessee Titans or potentially the Cleveland Browns, I think the Bills have, unless that team also has a great pass defense as well as a great run game, I think... The Bills can keep with any team. What about you guys? When you look at a team that fear that you would fear in the playoffs, before I talk about how the Colts are defensively, what scares you about an opponent in the postseason that the Bills could face, like the Colts? John, I'll start with you. What 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 do you fear the most? Is, is it what I just said, a good pass defense, or, or is it something else?
1: I'm not worried about anybody. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm looking at these teams, and sure, like some, uh, you know, if you you could rank them on uh, who you'd want to play, but I, I think the Bills can beat anybody. Um Josh Allen's been on fire. Um he's played good pass defenses, including Miami, and that, that didn't seem to matter. Um the the rushing the rushing actually could scare me a little bit, but like you said, like if Allen's just you know Allen's just throwing the ball and scoring a lot, it's gonna force the other team to, to, to pass more. Um I I I'm not that worried.
4: You know, when you said that thing about josh allen you know playing at an mvp level it made me think i almost don't want him to get the mvp i want him to get snubbed because i want him to come out with uh this sort of like uh chip on his shoulder that he wasn't chosen that he has to prove now in the playoffs that he is and should be the mvp of the league and maybe he just has less of a chip on his shoulder if he actually wins it which i don't think he will but um mike what do you think what what version of any team out there not a specific team necessarily, but what scares you with the Bills going into the playoffs?
3: In a vacuum, Nate, I would most like to play the Colts. I think Rivers is old as dirt, right, and hasn't won anything ever. Um, the Colts don't scare me. They do have Frank Reich, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it was 28 years ago today that Frank Reich came back and led the Bills to recover from the 32 point deficit and the greatest comeback in sports. So. The same reason I don't want to play Fitzpatrick in the playoffs, I don't want to play Frank Reich just because of that history. Um, and that I th- If we're talking history, the last four Bills playoff games have all been against the AFC South, right? This year it's the Colts. Last year it was the Texans. 2017 it was the Jags. In 1999 it was the Titans. And hopefully we, we can break that streak.
4: Yeah, the Bills have not won a playoff game in 25 years. Um, somebody brought this up on Twitter, which was a really interesting point is that um, Josh Allen always not always but at times has had issues with being under the lights and being under the spotlight and playing in big games. I felt like a little bit like that last year in the Texans games like he was trying to force too much instead of really taking advantage of what the other team was giving him and um, and I think it was one of those things where he's just too much adrenaline, too much excitement. but this year, since the bills had four, primetime games, I feel like he got that out of his system, and he looked good in just about all of those primetime games. Actually, there's another one, including the Chiefs and the Titans, so maybe six. Is that what it is? Four, five, six altogether? But either way, minus those the Chiefs and Titans game, the last three or four, he's looked really good. So I feel like he could overcome that, cur- that hurdle of being yeah, no at question. that point. New
3: year, right? New- and we've talked about how much he's improved, um, but Uh, We we always talk about how he owns the Dolphins, sees them twice a year. With the Colts, there is no familiarity. The Colts are the only team um, in the AFC that he hasn't faced in his career.
4: Yeah, so you want to talk defensive stats on the Colts? Uh, Defensively, they are just about average against pass defense, which was my worry is is my worry. They're fifteenth ranked, or I'm sorry, eighteenth ranked in pass defense. So that lends well to the Bills. They are actually the seventh best team when it comes to limiting touchdown passes by the opposing uh, offense. But at the same time, like I said, Josh Allen, seven touchdowns out of 20 total touchdowns that the Dolphins let up this year with that overpriced secondary. Um, the the Colts are actually really good against the run. They're the second best team in the league uh, for a run defense. Um limiting yardage by the opposing team, but it doesn't matter. The Bills don't want the ball anyway. So um, I feel uh, confident about this game. Obviously, I'm still going to have butterflies. I'm going to be worried about it. Mike, let's go into um, your segment of the game for the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, Odds of the Bills game. So uh, what do we... John, I mean, we always talk about it beforehand. Um, We like to talk it out. The Bills obviously coming off a huge win over the dolphins knocking them out of the playoffs. They're 13 and 3. Um they're playing against the Colts. Um I don't know what their record is, Mike. Do you do you have that off the top of your head?
1: The Colts one, they should be 11 and 5. They're 11
4: and 5, correct. Yep, 11 and 5. And they're playing in Buffalo, whereas they're used to playing in a dome in Indianapolis. I'm going to say the Bills are favored, obviously. Uh Bills are going to be favored by Six points, John. What do you think?
3: I gotta say more than that. Six and a half mm. <laughs> across the board, too. Normally, you'd see different sports books. You'd you know, half a point difference, a point. Everybody across the board, six and a half.
4: Booyah! <laughs> eh, whatever, whatever. That that line's gonna change to six soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mike, what do you think? I mean, we talked about our, our feelings in this game. Um, when you see that line, does that make you feel any more confident about this game? Or, I mean, you're still worried because it's Frank Reich. I don't, I don't, I'm not, Frank Reich's I'm a good coach. worried
3: about, it. like...
4: You sound pretty worried. I don't think Frank Reich can play. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills are getting hot at the exact right time. Um, I
3: think and- we'll hear about it for a week, Frank Reich's history with the Bills.
4: <laughs> like,
3: last year we heard about J.J. Watt for a week.
4: Yeah, no kidding. I'm more
1: worried about, like, like we talked about a little bit before with, like, rushing teams. Like, Jonathan Taylor is pretty good. Um, If, you know, if we can stop him, we can force
3: Rivers into mistakes. Yeah. Which I don't— One one o'clock time.
4: That should be a primetime game. Bills is the two seed. Is it on Saturday or Sunday?
1: Saturday. Well, they're all primetime games, right? Like they're they all there's no other game going on at the same time as any of these games. Is that
4: what the definition of a primetime game is? Cuz I'm always confused. It's just when there's no other team, there's no other games playing.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would think that it would be 8 p.m. on any day or later would be a primetime game, but I, I've heard that definition be very loose.
4: Yeah, you always think of it being like an 8 p.m. Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night game, but then you think about it, it's like it's it's really – that's the only game that's being played, unlike Sunday at 1 or 4 p.m. where there's always multiple games being played. Primetime really means that that's the game that you're watching. That's the only game to watch. So it's still primetime to me, Mike. Yeah, would you rather have it at 8 o'clock or whatever?
3: I disagree. Yeah. It's I don't think it's primetime. time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know how by your definition game. John or Nate like the entire day is primetime.
4: <laughs> <laughs> primetime Sunday, primetime Saturday.
3: <laughs> and from from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. at night when the last game finishes. It's, it's yeah, let's go with that.
4: Let's go with that. Yeah, it's no one said it was going to be a short primetime. It's a long primetime. It's exceptionally it's long. America. It's a, this is America, Mike. This is what I thought this was America. <laughs> I didn't think primetime games had to only be three hours long. <laughs> cool.
3: Maybe it's a little, like it's hard to complain with the bills having the four primetime games um, previous to today. Maybe it's a little bit of fatigue. Maybe it's the Colts being the seventh seed. Um, maybe the bills don't have the, the, the national media or the fan base yet, but um, yeah, I would have preferred it to be an eight o'clock game.
1: When we get to the Super Bowl, that'll definitely be a prime time game.
4: <laughs> Most likely. Most likely. That is that a prime time game, Mike. That says six o'clock. Is that kind of six fifteen or whatever, six oh seven. It
3: extends into prime time. like, <laughs> like eight to eleven.
4: <laughs> it <laughs> ends so r- second <laughs> <laughs> the second half is prime time. <laughs> the halftime show on is prime time. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do a couple of giveaways for the podcast. Do you guys have anything else you want to add before I do the giveaways?
1: Yeah, so like, do, do we have rooting interests with some of these other games?
4: All right, tell us what uh, the other would, games are.
1: Uh, so we have Colts at Bills, obviously, Browns at Steelers, and Ravens at Titans. I'm thinking we want the Steelers to win. Yes. If that happens, the Bills would play the Steelers, obviously, and then the winner of Ravens-Titans would play the Chiefs. And I think Ravens, Titans, whichever team has a better chance of beating the Chiefs than the Browns do if they had won. And if the Chiefs are beaten, then the Bills would be able to get an AFC championship game at home. Plus, I'd rather play the Steelers than the Ravens or Titans anyway. So I think I'd root for the Steelers this week. What do you think?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think the Steelers and, um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the Titans scare me a little bit just because they beat us already, even though that was a fluky. It was all field position, it felt like, and uh, turnovers. Um, I don't know. Like you said, I I don't know if any of these teams scared me. I want three home games, so I'm rooting for whatever team will take out the the, the Chiefs. So I'm hoping that the Steelers uh, win so the Bills play them because they have their number, hopefully. And then, yeah, hopefully the Chiefs get knocked off by either the Ravens or the Titans, which is definitely possible. What do you think? Mike?
3: I think the Bills can certainly hang with beat anybody. I would least likely to f- like to face the Chiefs. As for the decision matrix, it gets it's a
4: little messy. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> Which team don't you want to see in the Super Bowl? If you were to get to the Super Bowl, I think the only team I could see not wanting to play is the Packers. They just yeah, they look good.
3: Feels like the Packers are in a different level compared to the other NFC teams for sure.
1: Yeah, the, they can score. At will with Rodgers. That's, that would be probably the toughest matchup.
4: Yeah, but that still doesn't, it's still like, unlike some matchups in the past, that's still not unbeatable. Like, that still doesn't scare me. It's like, there's no way they can win this, or like, you know, I, I, I there's still absolutely a chance that they could just.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't have, think like the Bills would be like screwed if like, oh, we got to play the Packers in the Super Bowl, but like, I, I think that would be the least optimal one,
4: probably. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You'd want some team to get lucky against them somehow in the divisional round or the champion or the conference championship. So cool. All right.
1: So, what are your thoughts on like a Bucksville Super Bowl? I, I, that's got to be a polarizing um, option, right?
4: Yeah. It looks like the Bucks lost Mike Evans for the rest of the season today, I believe. I think he went down with a non contact injury. I forgot to check to see if it was an actual ACL or not, but.
1: I mean, how good would it be for the Bills to sweep the Pats and then beat Brady in the Super Bowl on, on the other, on the box, right? Oh,
4: my God, that would feel so good. <laughs> out, of, out of all the other teams, John, I think you're onto something. That would feel the best out of any Super Bowl win. But then that would also feel the worst out of any Super Bowl loss.
1: <laughs> right, that would not be good, right? right. Polar extremes. This would all, the only time I think that a team has played at home in a Super Bowl if they were to make it because it's in Tampa.
4: Oh, wow. Mike, what about you? It'd be sweet to
3: to beat Brady finally, but uh, yeah, losing would be punched in the gut.
1: Yeah, the good versus bad are like equally, like the swing is equal, right?
3: And it's interesting with COVID, like how the how you that Super Bowl will look with the fans.
4: Yeah, so I just I was just looking on Twitter. It says we don't think there's any serious damage to Mike Evans' knee injury, so it looks like he might be back potentially next week or maybe the week after, somewhere in the postseason. Um, yeah, that playing Brady would be just to – that would redeem the 20 or so years that they've just been taking advantage of us in the division because you can't get them back now. We got the Patriots back this season by sweeping them, uh, winning two games against Belichick, so that felt a little bit better. Um, or that felt good, I should say. That would feel amazing to beat Tom Brady, even if he's 42. I don't care, just to beat him in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl. In this case, um, that would be amazing. That that would that would feel like the ultimate high. Over beating, over beating like Drew Brees, which I really like Drew Brees. So that'd be tough. I, you know, I I respect Russell Wilson. Um, there are other teams that like I respect in the, in the conference. Obviously, no one from the NFC East that doesn't count. But like other teams in that area, yeah, yeah, that would be the. Even over the Packers, I like Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't like to Tom Brady, so that would that would feel that would feel good. All right, so we mentioned some giveaways in the podcast. Um, if you're not uh, if you haven't already uh, t- to be eligible for a giveaway in our podcast, just leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and leave your handle mention. CTW or CTW pod are circling the wagon somewhere in the description. And we do giveaways each week. And you also have to listen to the podcast every week and then contact us afterwards. So we have three giveaways. We have a Harrison Phillips jersey. Uh, we have a home and away Harrison Phillips jersey. So there's two right there. And the nice folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago are offering up some polo shirts, some t-shirts or hats. So, um, you guys can decide what you want. So we're going to announce three winners. The first winner is cheesy 314. That's cheesy 314 is the first winner. The second winner is S Zerg. That's S Zerg. And the third winner is Boozy Bills Babe. That's Boozy Bill's babe. The first one you get back to me gets to choose whether they want the home or away Harrison Phillips jersey or the DraftKings uh, swag that the nice people at the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago have given away to our listeners. And, yeah, so email us, ctwpodgmail.com. Uh, contact us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, either way. Let us know that you listen to the podcast and you won. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us today. If we missed anything, if you want to be ready for next week's game, check out the rest of the amazing lineup on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. They'll bring you everything. We have We are Fortunate. Uh, I was talking with Dom Brown, a.k.a. Dom Legend, a.k.a. Dom Faded. He created a new Bill's anthem for 2020 for the 2020 postseason and we're going to play that at the end of this podcast so stick around for that so thank you guys so much for listening to us signing off for john
1: go bills as mcdermott said uh let's start our second season now and uh let's go out and win a
3: super bowl how about that for mike that sounds great john can't wait for the playoffs go bills <laughs>
4: And for me, Nate, go Bills! Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, the next time we talk to you guys on Saturday night is after a Bills victory.
2: Yeah, it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Hey, who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that challenge on my team, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, can you catch it, can you? trade day is like a mask, you not catching anything, Matt Milano making plays, we not scared of uh. any team, best in the AFC, all the praise of Brandon Bean, you hear Sean McDermott clapping while I'm snapping, Do you? Jerry Hughes will get the sex soon as you snap it, Andre yeah. Roberts running back, ain't no just backing, Mafia we on a ride and we got traction, we got Beasley, we got digs. we you miss, Dawson Knox with the stiff, I'm opponents just like his, Feliciano, Deion Dawkins, block defenders like the hey, it's the Mafia, I said no one on top of us, I said no one is blocking us, on top of our division, so it's clear that it's no stopping us, Google best team in the league, and we popping up, hey, who you repping, with your team, who you repping, with your team, you know I'm repping for my team, I got a salad on my team. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Uh. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, it's the mafia. I said no one on top of us. I said no one is blocking us on top of our division. So it's clear that it's no stopping us. We're team in the league and we popping up. Home game for the playoffs, but you already know. Gabe Davis is a rookie, but he playing like a pro. Uh, Going through a table, only time we ever fold. Can you dig it? 17, by the take us to the bowl. Hey, uh. Don't you run it? No. Oliver and Trey Emmons gonna be on it. We got Corey, but we barely ever pun it. Cause we just running up the score on our opponent. We got Dex, Single Terry, by the Juke, a shoes, make a mess, run it in, Zack, also throw the digs. It's the Zig, Terry Johnson, pig, six. to the house, take a flick. Hey, it's the Mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the Mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the Mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the Mafia, you know I'm rocking with the
3: Bills. Hey. Who you rapping with your team? Who you rapping with your team? You know I'm rapping for my team. I got that shallow. Team. On team. Super Bowl, what you mean? Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's charlie tango Whiskey pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, Go Bills! So we'll see you in Buffalo in January. Be ready. It might be chilly.